time for VidPow Tube Talk, everyone's favorite podcast for video marketing tips. Brought to you by VidPow. Welcome to Tube Talk, brought to you by VidPal.com. I'm Nick Nimmin, and today I'm here with Jeremy Vest, as you probably already know. Jeremy is normally the host of this show. <laughs> Wait a minute. Jeremy, can you explain what's going on here? Hey, Nick Nimmin. How's it going today? Fantastic, man. I'm, uh, I'm excited to be here today. I'm excited to be on the show, excited to be uh, talking to you today. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited that you're taking over the show. You're going to be the new host, as uh, a lot of our listeners probably didn't listen in the last few months we've been i've been really really busy so nick's in uh 2018 is going to take over the show if you guys don't know nick what are you all about nick um i help i help uh people grow their youtube channels um i do that on youtube i do that personally through consulting in addition to that i also do some digital marketing myself um and i have a website called tuber tools where i have a membership side of that and a front-end store to where i basically supply uh graphics that people can use in their youtube videos so uh so that's that's the main stuff that i'm into right now and tell people your story. How many subscribers did you have this time last year, and how many do you have now? Um, this time last year, um, I had I, I started January first, I believe, with right around twelve thousand, and now I have uh, one hundred and twenty-one thousand. So it's been an incredible year, without question. Wow. Yeah, that's nuts. And uh, now you guys probably understand why Nick is the the host. Um, so. Today, what are we talking about, man? Yeah, so today, uh, Jeremy, um, I'm wanting to have you share some of your top tips for getting more views and subscribers here in 2018. I mean, it's a new year upon us, and you know, I, people have to make sure that they're current with, hey, what's working right now? What is it that I can be doing right now that is still time-tested and proven that I can be doing to grow my YouTube channel? So if you can share with us your top tips for growing a YouTube channel in 2018, that would be fantastic. Yeah, I think the, the biggest tip, the biggest thing I want to let people know, believe it or not, is the best way to get more views and subscribers is to actually have a show formula. And it doesn't sound really intuitive. You know, I'm, I'm not talking about thumbnails or phenomenal titles. I'm talking about a show formula. And the reason I think this is so important is I call this the white screen syndrome. If you don't have a formula to create a show, then what a lot of people I see, what a lot of them do, is they're just staring at the blank screen and they don't know what to do next, right? So I think a lot of our problem as creatives is if it's not easy, then it's not gonna get done every single week. So by having a formula essentially a start you know middle and end um you're going to be like 70 percent of the way to success before you even start um so it's kind of like when i used to teach graphic design at the college level the first thing i would make students do is put in the logo and the colors of the logo and what text or or visuals that had to be on the scene so then when they started uh, designing, they already had 50% of the elements there before they started. And people could typically get past that and, you know, not just tear at a blank screen. So the first part of the show formula, I think, is the most important part, unless you're a vlogger. But it's really the same, even if you are a vlogger, um, 
is the hook. So Nick, what, what are your tips on the first five seconds of a video? My tips on the first five seconds of a video is to demand the viewer's attention. Basically, as soon as the video opens up, you want, you want the viewer to say, wow, what am I looking at? And you want to basically let them know that they're in the right place. And the way that I personally do that, because I do how-to type content, so the way that I personally do that is, let's say that I'm doing a video, <laughs> since we're talking about how to get more uh, views and grow your channel, um, I would say, in this video, I'm going to show you how to grow your YouTube channel in 2018, and we're starting right now. And basically what that does is as soon as the as soon as the screen opens up, everything looks awesome. My my image pops and all of that so that it grabs attention. You know, I want to grab them visually and audibly. And I let them know um, by saying what's going to be happening in the video that they have clicked on the right thing, that they're in the right place for the information that they're seeking. Yeah. And a lot of this is like, you know, a hundred year old technology. We're talking right. about the adult learning model, you know, tell people what you're going to learn introduce yourself and then teach the subject and then uh, have a summary. I mean, it, it's really very, very old school, some simplistic um, communication, but I don't think it's very intuitive for most YouTubers to, to do this. So after you get through the very quick telling people what to do, the next part of that is you're actually going to tell people who you are. And then the, the biggest problem I see most people doing is they, they may introduce themselves, they may introduce why they are doing what they do, but you really need to, to tell the what and the why. And if you haven't read the book Primal Branding, you really, really need to read that book so you can really understand the psychological uh, benefits of having a brand statement. So one of my favorite brand statements is from Tim Schmoyer, and he says, uh, master YouTube or master the platform, depending on what he's teaching, and spread so that you can spread your message and spread your message. So the what is he's teaching people YouTube, and the why is so they could actually go help change the world and, and spread their message. Um, so you got to find your what and your why. Nick, what is your... What is your statement that you're using? Yeah, what I use is I actually direct everything that I do in my in my content from from my thumbnails to everything that I say in my videos towards that one viewer. And what I do is I say, if you want to learn how to grow your channel, make videos and all types of other YouTube related stuff, start now by subscribing and clicking the bell so that you don't miss anything. So basically by doing that, I'm basically saying if you're this type of person, this is the content that is for you. This is the stuff that I'm going to show you. This is what my channel's about. And if that is a good match for what it is that you're looking for, make sure that you subscribe. That's awesome. And my 2018 uh, branding statement, because I'm going to have a lot of awesome people on my channel often, like Nick Nimmin, is um, learn video marketing strategies from the pros so that you can make your best impact. Nice. And, you know, essentially my brand is going to have several hosts. The whole concept behind my entire business is the pro team. You know, all the, the most badass uh, video marketers on the planet are going to be part of our team. Um, so that was that branding statement took me four months to make. <laughs> nice. <laughs> But but the thing is, is, is and, and I think that people underestimate this, but the, the thing is, is even though that took some time to make, actually 
taking that time to make sure that it's a good fit, taking the time to make sure that you're saying the right thing, that you're communicating to the right audience and all of that, it's worth the time to, to, to you know, take – even if it takes four months or five months to develop it. You know, in, in my case, Jeremy, I was in a similar situation to where, you know, when, it, when I first started my channel and even when I first came back to my channel, I didn't have a lot of that stuff in place, and I just developed it over time because – at that particular time, it was more important for me to just be uploading videos instead of instead of waiting, you know, to to start putting out content until I had that in place. But once I had it in place, and once I had that that statement to run with, it was kind of the glue, so to speak, that ended up holding the whole front end of my video together. Yeah, and and the thing we we do mostly all I do now is calls and strategy and uh, planning for really business-minded creators and, and big companies. Um, and the pretty much the first thing we do is we help people understand the what and why of their, what they're doing. Um, from there, we incorporate the what and why into every video they do. We incorporate it into the about section. We incorporate it into the physical banner. Um, essentially, it becomes your business, right? Yeah. It becomes the reason people want to, and from a subconscious perspective, what people don't understand and why it's so important is subconsciously, I'm going to give you five to 20 seconds tops, tops, if I decide in the first impression if you're worth my time. Right. And if you're not worth my time in those 10, 15 seconds, two years later, I'm still going to hate you. <laughs> like, you know, his first impressions are pretty important. Um, so from a subconscious perspective, what this what and why is doing is, you know, the what, you know, okay, I don't play golf. So if you do golf stuff, then I'm not in your tribe. I can't, I can't relate to you. And then the why is the bigger reason behind life and how you want to live it and help it, right? It's, it's way bigger than your own channel. It's bigger than, um, it's it's tribe level. So the people that are actually watching your videos need to be able to embrace your philosophy, not uh, and your mission, not your hey, I want to buy a Lamborghini, you know. Right. <laughs> um, and I know I'm getting real deep, uh, but honestly, by people being able to relate to you and. Uh, understand your vision, your vision, and the the what your channel is about. It just gets life just gets a lot easier from there. Um, you ask people to subscribe and click the bell. The reason you want people to click the bell is you do want to build this. You know the Harley Davidson type people, the the Apple uh, brand. This is all about self awareness and self branding um, because. For the first time in you know hundreds of years in media, the star is the person on camera. It doesn't matter who that person is. And the reason why these big brands that I work with absolutely suck compared to a 14-year-old beauty vlogger most of the time is because they a brand doesn't typically have a soul, right? It's, right. it's not a person that you can relate to and get to know and trust and um you know, looking at Nick Nimmin's comments, it, people, you would think like he's everyone's best friend in the entire world. Everyone loves this guy because every week they get to know him a little more and a little more. Um, so the reason, believe it or not, for the first time in media, 
that the average guy um, is able to outdo the Fortune 500 companies is because people are tired of polish and people want to relate to people. Um, <clears throat> so you have your quick, uh, well, you have your 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 hook at the beginning, and then you actually get into the what and why of who you do. You ask people to subscribe. Typically, I think Nick does a really good job of after that to to tell people, hey, if you have experience in the topic I'm talking about right now, then you know help me help the the other people in the comments below, and. From there, what you're trying to do is, again, building community, telling people, hey, your opinion matters. Can you help me help our community be more awesome? And then from there, uh, we get into the content. Um, one trick I have for the content itself is actually try to switch up the scene every six to eight seconds. Um, and what I mean by that is if you punch in, if you show a graphic, if you change, uh, Nick does a really good job. Instead of a, a true jump cut, what he typically does is he kind of comes into screen, and that is a really good technique because it's it's it is kind of like a jump cut, but it's not. It doesn't feel like a jump cut. It feels like just way smoother. Um, but the point is, you need to kind of have motion or. We're so ADD, we probably have our, our phone, our laptop, and our tablet around us at all times. Right. So <clears throat> from the adult learning model perspective, uh, what you need to remember is you need to activate someone's brain every three to, to nine seconds, essentially. So that's why I said every six to eight uh, to not scare you too much. But essentially, it could be a ding. It could be like a, a audio, you know, video, um, visual or audio interruption essentially is what I'm looking for. I want to reactivate someone's brain every three to nine seconds. Um, and, and that is extremely critical because again, we're just so ADD that you, I have to capture, recapture someone's attention, um, every few seconds. Yeah, and to now, build to build on top ahead. of that, you know, I, I think that um, it's also important that even, you know, if somebody is putting an image up on the screen, you know, put a little bit of, you know, crop in on that picture just a little bit to have it just moving, you know, even if it's just a little tiny bit for the sake of keeping a little bit of motion, a little bit of something going on on the screen so that everything doesn't get static, unless, of course, you're going static for effect. Then in that case, you know, it's, it's fine. But um, outside of that, though, you know, just always keeping something moving on the screen, I think, is extremely important to, to add on to what you were saying. Absolutely. The Ken Burns effect. Right. Always have something moving. Um, so we get into the content. Again, try to keep it engaging and, and watch time. Uh, how long people watch your videos is the biggest factor in uh, video discoverability and how and why YouTube is going to show your content. So just make it as engaging as possible. Um, if you're boring in real life, you don't have a chance on YouTube. I'm just saying. Right. <laughs> um, so then after the content, then uh, Nick does a really good job. He kind of has, I call it the, the pre-card, the pre-end screen. What he does is he does the content and then he tells people about a video that specific to the video you just watched the next video you he recommends you watch and then he puts it in a card 
then it gets into the end screen. Um, Nick, what's your process for the end screen? Um, basically, for me personally, I use the end screen in a couple of different ways. I put a playlist on the end screen most of the time. I also put uh, a recommended video that's best for viewer because, you know, with the data that they have, they're usually pretty good at recommending that. Um, and I also put my uh, a link to my email opt-in on the end screen as well. And while the end screen is up, I also basically verbally and visually close the viewer again on making sure to subscribe to the channel. Awesome. Now, so that's our, our typical show formula. And I, I think if you see, like in our industry, the Daryl Leaves and Tim Schmoyers and Nick Nimmons and Roberto Blakes of the world, uh, they're going to pretty much have the same formula every time they do a show. And why is that? Actually, repetition is quite important uh, for people to feel like uh, they're watching the same thing. For example, uh, if you're watching the show Friends in the 90s, um, which everyone was, if you were born by then, <laughs> um, <laughs> then you would expect the same intro, you would expect the same stupid humor, you would expect the same bad punchlines, and, and this repetition, this this flow um, of the show, the storytelling, is... 80% similar with just different jokes. And if you don't have that repetition, then what's going to happen is you're just people. It's like a vlog, which vlogs are very, very, very uh, good and demanding and they're great. So people, you're just following people's lives. I'm really not talking about vlogs right now. I'm talking about shows. So if you're teaching someone how to do something or if you're, you know, doing a new show or what have you, that repetition basically helps people understand what you and what you deliver is all about. And the actual content is less important than the formula and the format of the show, ultimately, because you're building a personal relationship. Now, us talking about building relationships and having branding messages and, you know, all this stuff, why do Nick and I believe this is more important um, then even things like thumbnails and titles, well, if you don't, if you're not making a weekly show, no one's watching your content weekly. Um, the, if you're not consistently putting out content, your videos, your channel will pretty much die, go stagnant. Um, a lot of channels are getting most of their views in the first week or two. Um, if you constantly put out more content, then what's going to happen is those older shows are going to be suggested and related more because they're going to be in your playlists and, you know, your channel is going to serve more suggested videos on the right hand side when people are watching your videos. So it is necessary. My recommendation is three videos a week, but if you can't do that, do one, you know, one's a whole lot better than none. Absolutely. But by creating a machine where you can crank out tons of videos a month, even four or 12, how many you can do, that is really the key to success. And by understanding the subconscious um, psychological reasons people will watch you over someone else and giving them the right type of content, these are the main guts of a successful channel. Having thumbnails better than your competition 
that's really important. And if you look at my thumbnails or Nick's thumbnails, I've created thumbnails for 20 of the top 100 brands in America, their formula and their templates. And essentially what we're trying to do is the right-hand side rail for most channels is the number one organic source of traffic. So you want your thumbnails to be more saturated with color. You want them to be crisper and sharper. You want uh, the, the thing on the screen to to be closer up so people can actually see it when it's small. Um, you want to have a visual story to tell in the thumbnail, meaning you actually want someone to be able to ascertain exactly what's happening in the video from that one thumbnail. Now that thumbnails on desktop, at least right now, uh, when you when you mouse over them, they play three seconds. You want to make sure that the thumbnail is actually from your video, because if it's not, it's going to be a very odd experience. What I say is a dog can't be a cat. You can't go from this crazy thumbnail to co completely different than your video to your video and it feels smooth. So I always recommend either having the same person on the thumbnail or actually having a, a screenshot of that uh, video on your thumbnail. Um, thumbnails, titles, all of that stuff obviously is extremely important. You need to make sure you understand what people are searching for. But if you don't have a show, if you don't have the, the fundamental reasons why people are going to watch and, and click and keep and subscribe and keep on watching your content, um, there, there are no subscribers and views. You're going to have nothing like 80%, 90% of the people I talk to, they actually believe for some reason it's that YouTube is kind of like winning the lottery. They can go play a few times and they're upset when they don't have a million views. YouTube is a lot more like eating an elephant. You have to eat an elephant one bite at a time. Not that I would ever eat an elephant, but my <laughs> point, my point is it's just hard freaking work. You know, when you really take the cover off of any successful entrepreneur, none of them that I've ever met that are multimillionaires, just like, yeah, I just woke up one night and I had $20 million in my bank account. You know, that, that doesn't work. You know, they made one penny at a time. And by doing the work consistently, um, you know, these successful famous YouTubers, they only may be making $20 an hour or $40 an hour. They may be millionaires, but they are consistently hustling, comment, uh, commenting to their audience, going on the road to meet their fans. It is just freaking work. It is hardcore work. It's nothing glamorous. Um, Nick, do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. You know, there's there's a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. Everybody wants the, you know, hey, you know, I want to walk into a place and everybody knows me and they're watching my stuff and all that side of it, which is which is you know what everybody wants. But on the back side of that, that the the part that makes all of that stuff work is the editing, the managing the channel by itself, the answering the comments. If you have other people that are helping you with your content in terms of you know helping you script things or helping you edit or anything like that, then you have to you know put that time into working in with them as well. There's there's designing your thumbnails every time you make a new video, um, all of that stuff, basically coming up with the ideas, the keyword research, all of the boring sitting in front of the computer stuff that goes on behind the scenes is definitely not the glamorous side of, of YouTube. Yeah, but it's the, the, the engine that makes everything right. work. Right, yeah, absolutely. Um, 
And when you're getting started, we I definitely recommend you do create content around what people are searching for. Uh, this is probably the easiest way to get started into um, the world of getting showing up on the suggested on the right hand side. Um, I would not do, you know, if you're if you're trying to rank for hairstyle, I would not just say like. 2018 hairstyles. I would probably have a phrase that was seven to nine <laughs> words right now, like um, how to make the waterfall braid in 2018. I would do something that big because the chances of you ranking on YouTube, the second largest search engine in the world, or Google, you have a 51% chance of being on a SERP, a search engine result page with a YouTube video. The chances of you ranking for a big term are, are pretty much zero. Um, but ranking for long tail words that you know don't have as much search, that's something you can do. And one thing I tell all of my customers is, you want to you want to make a theme, so you want your content to be part of something bigger. For example, when I did uh, the work with Gillette, we uh, ended up optimizing and creating 200 videos in how to shave. So if you type in YouTube right now, how to shave, the number one result uh, will be a video we optimized several years ago, and we call this the nested philosophy, but essentially you want every video you do to be part of a series of videos so that you could be a perceived thought leader, a hub of content. So um, I'm going to be doing a series of, you know, how to make, uh, how to get more views and subscribers in 2018. But instead of doing one video, I'm going to do about 40. And the reason for that is, for one, winning the lottery is not a business plan, right? So if you just do one video and you're not ranking, then kind of shame on you. But if you do 40 videos on a long tail keyword, um, obviously all the titles and tags and everything will be slightly different every time. Uh, you have a good chance to rank for a lot of different things. Nick, do you agree with that philosophy? Absolutely, without question. And and like you were saying if if you can't rank for one video and you, you you say okay well in this particular video you know maybe i didn't optimize this video properly or maybe it just hasn't gained enough watch time yet to properly rank inside of the inside of the search engine but but making more content around that term so that you can rank maybe it's not for that exact term but see so that you can rank for other things around that term is extremely powerful when you're targeting youtube and when you're targeting uh google as well yeah excellent tips there uh jeremy and then another thing that a lot of people don't understand in my philosophy is even if I'm not ranking at all, like let's say right now, my, I just started my YouTube channel in June. Haven't been real serious about it. <laughs> um, and what people don't realize is I may not be physically ranking in YouTube search, but YouTube search is like nothing compared to the suggested videos. Yeah. So by creating 30 or 40 videos in the same topic, gets what happens. What happens is I'm relating those videos together in a series playlist, in the title, in the tags, in the descriptions, in the closed captions, everything in my video, audibly and everything, have all of those keywords in there. The reason I'm able to do that is I develop my entire title keyword description strategy before I even make the video. 
So I make sure all of those terms are audibly said. Um, then I make 40 videos like that. And what happens is I'm able to rank almost every video on the right hand side um, almost every time. Now you can't always do that because uh, there's a, a lot of customization and personalization. Um, I watch a lot of skateboard videos even though I'm old. And uh, <laughs> so like half my videos on the right hand side are always skateboard videos because YouTube is, is personalizing my experience. Um, but if you are able to tie tons of videos together um, with the tag title description playlist, the whole enchilada of metadata, then your ability to be ranking on your own videos, on similar videos, on Nick's videos is just astronomical. Also, Nick being on my channel, I, I give him credit. When I'm on his channel, he gives me credit. Um, I'm, uh, he's, I put his channel on my, my videos on the homepage. Um, or the channels I recommend. So it's just this synergy. And believe it or not, with the YouTube algorithm and the signals, YouTube actually does know that me and Nick are, are YouTube friends. And they are eventually going to start sending traffic both ways. So when people are watching his videos, they'll start recommending my videos. And this and that synergy... Also yeah, I was going to say that also comes down to, you know, like you were saying before, as far as your strategy for, you know, going after the same terms and things like that. You know, when you are making that humongous um, backlog of videos and you're going after terms that are also similar to people right. that are that are making similar videos that you're trying to rank around and that you're trying to be suggested near and things like that, then that can also be extremely beneficial uh, coming that, that way as well. Yeah, just don't copy. Sure. Because sure. what happens with that is I think, you know, search engines can get confused. Uh, search engines never like duplicate content, right? Especially YouTube. So have similar, but don't copy. And um, by having the people that are doing similar content to you on your channel, and you can do credits and all that stuff, um, then what happens is YouTube's like, hey, not only is this content similar, but these guys are related in some way. They're friends, you know, they're on each other's channels and they'll continue to keep on showing uh, each audience, each, uh, each other's content. So, so right, off my so, soapbox. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so with that one, um, how do you, how do you use playlists? What's your strategy for playlists, Jeremy? So I probably am different than, Everyone else uh, you guys talk to, the way I make most of my decisions, uh, we have over a billion organic views for our customers in the last five years. And the way I make my decisions is multivariant testing. So I let the data tell me what to do. And what the data has told me for over five years now with playlists is to use exact phrase keywords in playlists. So for example, uh, if I was ranking... Um, how to shave, I would have an exact phrase playlist with the words, how to shave. That would be a series playlist. It's just a little checkbox. And I would put all of my how to shave videos. Now you don't want to put more than 12 or 15 videos in a playlist because the idea is like a video itself, a playlist also has an association of watch time. So how total time people have watched your playlist 
is relatively important to how that playlist will be doing uh, as far as ranking goes. So to be able to rank a playlist like a video, then what you want to do is you want to have, I would say, six, eight videos tops in the playlist and then get people through, you know, 50, 60, 70 percent of that playlist. If you can do that, then the physical playlist itself will rank. The reason exact phrase is so important, um, you wouldn't put how to shave by company name here is because people aren't searching that. People are searching exactly how to shave. So um, unfortunately with playlists, I've seen almost zero rankings if you're not using the exact phrase playlist uh do you do you have you seen that nick yeah absolutely and and i think that you know because you're you're speaking right now about about ranking the videos or i mean ranking the playlist and that's something that people often overlook people will use playlist as an organizational tool on their channel right. instead of something that they can actually use to their benefit to draw in more traffic and in terms of that you know people often don't know or they just don't think about trying to rank a playlist on their own channel either in the in the search results and now they're coming up in the in the suggested um, features as well and you know right. it's, it's important that you also just like you would a title you know you're going for that exact phrase but you also want to make it something that would be click worthy as well so you want to tie your phrase into something that's click worthy so when it does come up and the title of that playlist is displayed to where it's like oh, okay well yeah this is something that um, that is of interest to me so I'm definitely going to click on it for sure yeah, and the, I definitely add that to the description of the playlist. For me personally, I'm actually, you know, making playlists how to get more subscribers in 2018. I'm not in the title of a video, I will add a reason to click. But in the physical playlists, I'm not doing that personally unless people are searching for it. Um, and the reason for that is I just don't, I'm not able to rank very well with playlists unless we're just doing exact phrase. Um, but Nick brings up a great point. A lot of people, f I, I think titling of videos is a art and a science. I think the art part comes into putting the keywords that the video is about and understanding what people are searching for, but giving someone an actual reason uh, to click. A lot of people call this, you know, clickbait. Well, clickbait is not clickbait if it delivers. Right. Meaning if you have the seven best uh, YouTube experts to follow in 2018 and you really do listen to the world and you put out the seven that, that people really believe that are the best, um, then it's not clickbait if it delivers the actual message. Of course, you want something, a title that's kind of sexy and fun, and, and you want a title that excites people. It's not clickbait. I, I don't know why people get so weird about this. Um, if you're delivering and you're making great content, you can get as insane as you want. My favorite example of this is by Vsauce. He has a yellow box thumbnail. There's, It's just the color yellow, and the title says this is not yellow. Yeah. That's the title and the, the thumbnail that is my the best example I've ever seen in my life on YouTube. And it's completely counter to almost 90% of what I just said. It has zero uh, keyword stuffing in the title, but it's so intriguing and it delivers that it it just works. So I agree, uh, good point, Nick, that you, know, you do have to make something um, – intriguing enough for where people are going to click on it. 
Yeah, and and you know to to add on that just a little bit more. Um, there's also the side of you know if you do come up in a in a suggested sidebar next to someone else, and there's three other videos there that are as an example, you know how to tie a tie. Then if you make yours just a little bit more click worthy to where it stands out against the just simple how to tie a tie, then you know that can definitely win the click uh, in comparison to just having another video over in the sidebar that says how to tie a tie. But that also that's also where thumbnails come in, right? Do, do you have any tips specifically? Um, earlier you mentioned about uh, doing thumbnails, making sure that you have um, you know contrast and that they're saturated and that everything's big. Um, do you personally recommend a branding watermark or something on there so that people can can recognize your content elsewhere on the platform as, as you start to grow a fan base? Yeah, it was pretty funny. I was, I was going back through this a few years ago. I was the first person, believe it or not, I think about seven or eight years ago on Real SEO to write about this. Um, I have been doing branded thumbnails uh, for a very, very long time. And I attribute, you know, out of our billion views, a whole lot of that success by having a branded uh, philosophy. And there, what really happens is let's say you're looking on the right hand side and you see the same color or the same logo or the same shape on four or five of those videos on the right hand side subconsciously our brains love patterns yeah so what's going to happen is if you have same color same color or same logo same shape uh four or five times it's going to be like the matrix our brains are going to be able to distinguish those patterns and it's going to like visually pop up it's going to visually show and be different than the rest so by having the similar pattern on every thumbnail it does so many things. The first thing it does is it gets people to remember your brand. Branding is actually extremely important. So if people can immediately understand, oh, that's uh, Jeremy's content or that's Nick's content, then your fans are going to click on that first. People, I, I've we've done multivariate tests with UX and you know all all kinds of stuff where the fifth, seventh, and ninth place was out clicking the first position. And the reason we are able to do that is by having these branded philosophies. Nice. Nice. And and, and, and to, to build on that as well, uh, that also makes for a really uh, uh, wowing experience for somebody on their homepage grid also. Like when you're when you're scrolling down your the, the homepage, like and what I mean by that is when you first log into YouTube and you know all of the content that YouTube is suggesting to you when you're scrolling down that page when you have those branding marks on there and they're all in the same spot and they're all you know the same size and all that stuff that really demands attention um, as you're scrolling It'll, it, it can actually stop you you know at least when when I'm looking at YouTube it, it, it stops me sometimes to make sure that I'm seeing this because like you were saying you know my brain connects to that pattern and I say, right. wow, you know, this, this pattern spanning all the way across the page, and my brain just focuses in on that, um, which, is, which is a pretty cool thing. So, Jeremy, thank you so much, man, for um, coming on and sharing your tips with us. And thanks again also for the opportunity to take over um, Tube Talk. This is going to be awesome. I'm extremely excited about this. So thank you so much for that. If uh, people want to contact you, they want to find out more about you, how do they get in touch with you? They can go to VidPalBam everywhere or vid, vidpal.com. And uh, we have the Video Marketing World Conference coming up in August 2018. And we have the Video Marketing Society where we literally are helping brands and 
business-minded creators uh, create their strategy for the year. Um, we're killing it. We started a few weeks ago, and, and we're absolutely, absolutely killing it. People, um, a lot of, there's just a lot of people that they don't necessarily want to do a mastermind or a course. They don't want to hire, you know, a $100,000 agency to help them figure this stuff out. So we've kind of developed this in-between uh, concept where people want people are making videos. They're spending a lot of time and money making videos. A lot of companies are doing this. But where we fit in is we help those people develop the plan and the strategy and the playbook so that when they're making videos, they're making effective videos that actually convert and uh, grow their audiences. Nice. Nice. And thank you. Thanks again, Jeremy, for, for coming on. I really appreciate it. And, and once again, because I'm kind of beating this horse, but, uh, you know, once again, thanks for the opportunity for uh, for taking over the show. Um, I'm, I, I appreciate it. It's going to be a yeah, lot of fun. That's exciting. <laughs> you can get in touch with me at nicknimmon.com, and you can find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash nicknimmon. If you want to learn how to grow a YouTube channel, make videos, and all types of other YouTube-related stuff, thank you for tuning into Tube Talk. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tube Talk. Want to help grow Tube Talk? Please share this episode with your friends and colleagues. Questions? Comments? Email them to us at tubetalk at vidpow.com.